Hi, and welcome to Book Club, a Sales Enablement Pro podcast. I'm Olivia Fuller. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so they can be more effective in their jobs. What is it exactly that causes some people to feel stagnated in their careers while others flourish and quickly ascend the corporate ladder? Well, it may not all come down to the difference in skills, but instead the expectations that we have of ourselves and our sense of purpose. In his book, The Inspired Career, Jeff Hatchell talks about how you can become empowered and engaged to breathe new life into your career and achieve success. I'm so excited to have Jeff here to talk to us a little bit more about his book today. So with that, Jeff, I'd love if you could take a second to just introduce yourself to our audience and tell us a little bit about your background and your book. Sure. Thank you so much, Olivia. It is my pleasure to be here, and I'll share a little bit about my background I have a primarily a background working in sales and sales leadership roles and transitioned into the sales enablement space a few years ago. And I get to lead a team over sales enablement, uh, leadership development, and it's a lot of fun. I'm also the author of The Inspired Career, as you mentioned. Uh, in addition to that, I'm an executive coach certified through the International Coaching Federation, ICF. And I am a PCC uh, certified coach. So um, just a little bit about me and excited to be here. Fantastic. Well, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. I I'd like to start by really diving into, you know, what is it about today's business environment that are really presenting some unique challenges uh, in the corporate world and particularly for sales enablement leaders? What are some of those challenges that they might be facing that cause them to feel stagnated in their careers? So when I think about just in terms of the environment today and, and what's happening and, you know, just I'd say about last year, and it seems to be continuing the great resignation, you know, is something that was hot and heavy, meaning there's a lot of organizations trying to recruit other people away and, and it's causing some organizations to have challenges as it relates to staff and having enough resources and enough people. And sometimes in that situation, for those who have been in a role for any extended period of time, they may feel like, okay, should I start looking at outside? Should I start looking at external opportunities? Um, and sometimes, you know, when you're in a position for a little while longer, when you're seeing people constantly move and, and shuffle, it, it could create um, that feeling of stagnation. So one of the things that can help is to take a, I like to say a fresh perspective of your role, because in many cases, there are things that we could do to continue to maximize. And I, I say maximize our role because there's so many different things when we are more innovative and think creatively and start to think about what else is missing? What else can I do? What else does the business need? And where is there a demand for it? And what could I be um, more innovative around in terms of creating? So one example I'll, I'll just share in, in that regard, I'll say, one thing that's happening in, in many organizations is change. Change is inevitable. Uh, companies are constantly looking at doing things differently. They're reorging, um, managing things from a different perspective. And I like to say it's a good idea to be proactive as it relates to change. So not just looking and waiting for change to happen to you, but be proactive and think about 
what other other ways can I organize my team, myself? How can I see what I'm doing from a different perspective that can help provide more results and drive more results for our business partners that we serve the sales organization to satisfy their customers? Mm, that is fantastic. And you touched on a few really important and timely things there. You mentioned, you know, the great resignation and all of this change that's been happening. And one of the things that really stood out to me in your book is you share a lot of stories about overcoming obstacles in order to achieve success. And you really dive into your own journey. I'd love to hear about what are some of those challenges that you faced in your career and how did you personally go about overcoming them? Sure. And one of the things I like to say is challenge is something that's it's inevitable. It's part of the process. For me, I've had some unique challenges. Or I, I they were unique to me, but to me, I'd imagine a lot of people can relate to them. But I, I've had periods of time throughout my career where I've been in roles where I've been there for a while where I felt stagnated to that you know last, last question. And in some cases, it, it started making me to think about things from um, a negative perspective and start going down a negative path and thinking about the business that I was in at the time not being so great and, oh, where is this really going anyway? And it started to show up in my work. And I remember one of my leaders at the time who I had a great relationship with, we had to have a hard conversation. And he started to challenge me around my thinking and my attitude and, and the way I was showing up for work. And it had me think about my career. And it was like, you know what? Either I'm all in or I'm not in at all. I'd rather not be lukewarm. And I decided at that particular moment, given what was happening, um, to leave uh, that particular organization when everything was great. But I decided to leave and I, I went to another organization because I wanted to learn more about the training industry. And I went to this, uh, what I'll call a much smaller uh, boutique firm versus the traditional Fortune 500 company. And this boutique small um organization had a major org change brought in. They were actually acquired by another company and the leader came in and, and they took a look at, you know, what they normally do, the business. And one particular day, I remember they came in and basically said things were changing and they were going to have to let me go. And I like to use the phrase, I was fired. So talking about having a career challenge, it's like you pursue it something you leave a great job you didn't have to leave you go for something that you know is a dream job and you get fired so for me it was something that I had to really think about um what happened because at first it was just like unbelievable like I can't believe I actually got fired um you know just thinking about my background it never happened before and it could really hurt um mentally and emotionally but the way um to help overcome is to remember who you are, is to go back to the foundations. And some of the things that helped to inspire me was to really remember who I was and to start to look forward versus backwards and to start to recognize what are all the great things that I, I was able to learn and achieve and, and what else do I want? And really to have a paradigm shift about my situation to find the good and to start to take on the mentality that, you know what, this is working good for me, this is going to work out for my benefit to have that mindset that no matter what I go through, that this is temporary. And that's something that I think it's important for us all to remember is that 
things are seasonal, temporary. And I think what gets many people in trouble is sometimes they make permanent decisions based on a temporary situation. So having that mindset that this is short term, I'm going to get through it, things are going to work out. And literally things did work out. And of course, hindsight is 2020. And when I look back on it, if I didn't go through that situation, I wouldn't even have this opportunity of talking to you about overcoming obstacles. Absolutely. And I love that perspective about looking forward rather than looking back. And I think that's a big theme throughout the whole book as well. You talk a lot about hope. And one thing that I really loved also in the beginning of the book is you define hope as confident expectation. And I I loved that phrasing that just really stood out to me. I'd love to hear a little bit more about how confidence really does play a role in the ability to achieve your career goals. Yes, I'm I'm loving your questions, Olivia, by the way. So in terms of confidence, and and you had mentioned hope, and I'll even share, I like to define hope as using it as an acronym, H, have a big dream, O, overcome obstacles, P, perceive the best in every situation, E, expect to receive. Confidence comes more from the more that we move forward and the more that we are, and I'll use the word, have integrity with ourselves. Keeping promises to ourselves helps to build confidence in ourselves. So it's not necessarily achieving the big, hairy, audacious goals, but it's the small daily things that we're doing that's leading to the ultimate goals that start to build confidence. So in other words, if my big goal as an example is, I'll, I'll even you know say working in the enablement space and even getting there and knowing that, hey, there's a path to get there and there's a path to thrive there. And what am I gonna do on a daily basis? And part of that is development and learning of myself and taking advantage of what's available, what's out there. And, organizations and platforms um, such as Enablement Pro and and thinking about, you know, what else can I learn and and grow and and reading and and doing things to really help. So it's the daily things that you do and that I have done that help to build the momentum from saying, I'm going to get up and I'm going to work out and to actually do it. All of a sudden it builds that confidence. It's like this morning I went to Orange Theory, the 5 a.m. class, and there's nothing like that to be able to say, I got it in. And it's those little things that help you to stand that much taller because it's promises that I've been keeping to myself. And then it allows me to carry that on from an exercise, you know, workout to the work. Now, all of a sudden, because I did that and I know it was something I said I was going to do, I did it. Now, when I'm in the meeting, I'm sitting back because I had my, you know, certain ounces of water I said I was going to drink. You know, again, I promised to myself, it just helps to reinforce and build confidence and self-assurance within myself. So when I'm in the room, in the tough decisions and tough conversations and hard meetings, because of all the smaller things that I do that help me to really believe in myself, it really makes a difference of building confidence. So keeping promises to ourselves on the little things that lead to the bigger things. That is Fantastic advice. And I I love that you touched on there really being true to yourself. And you talk a lot about 
authentic leadership in the book as well. And, you know, when you're talking about developing your authentic leadership style, uh, one of the things that you advise is for people to adapt rather than to adopt. Mm -hmm. um, I'd love to hear from you, first of all, what are some of the ways that people can really identify what their authentic leadership style is? And then how can they begin to actually put that into practice within the context of their role and their organization? Sure. Now I'll, I'll begin as it relates to authenticity and, and it's important. And I know we love to use the phrase, you know, keep, I'm keeping it real and I'm being real to myself and that person, they're so authentic and we love using those phrases in it. What it, it really does mean being who we really are. And, and I like to say one of the ways that helps us to align with that is aligning to our values. It's going back to the foundation of what matters most to me and why. And thinking about that, it helps us to remain authentic to who we are. The other thing you had mentioned, uh, I share the story of adapt, not a, adopt. Um, and what I mean by that is in a organization, so within a team, because sometimes I think we can go way to the extreme with saying, hey, I'm just being authentic by, you know, being disrespectful and telling someone things. I was just, you know, being honest and telling them you know, there's always a way of doing things and handling things versus, you know, trying to just say, oh, I'm just, you know, being authentic versus, so when I say adapt, not adopt, what I mean is when I'm in a work environment, when I'm in a group uh, organization, that it's important that I am able to flex and adapt my style, adapt my authenticity to fit and to flow within the team versus trying to force my way on others and the example that I, I love to use is, is the dancing example. If you're at a wedding and they're doing a line dance and everyone is dancing to the same song, same beat, we're doing the same thing. But if you narrow in on one person, they may be doing with a little extra flair. So it's like I'm flowing with everyone else, yet I'm being authentic to my own style. And that's the idea behind authenticity in the work group is, yes, be true to yourself, make sure that you're in harmony with the overall team and the culture of your organization, but doing it in a way that fits who you naturally are. Mm. Yeah, that is a, a fantastic way to kind of reframe authenticity outside of the way that, you know, people mm -hmm. might often relate to it. So that's fantastic. Sure. Um, as you know, a business function that's relatively new and maturing in a lot of organizations, you know, sales enablement leaders are often really focused on trying to elevate the visibility of sales enablement and really establish the credibility of the function across the organization. I I'd love to hear some of your advice around how authentic leadership can really help sales enablement leaders carve out their place within the organization and establish a really meaningful path to success. Sure. So when I think of the overall function of sales enablement, it is a pivotal role within organizations. And I know there's, you know, various names of it um, from revenue enablement to field enablement, sales enablement, but it's all around the empowerment of our sales colleagues. And thinking from that perspective, it's a very important or it's really it's a critical role. And in some cases, I know in different organizations, you know, the thought is, is, oh, I want to demonstrate and prove, you know, the, the value that we bring to the table, and which is important. And in many cases, you know, we can do things on analytics and running numbers. And, and I know one of the things that I did in my role was a test and control group for those 
who attended trainings that you know we put on versus those who didn't. And we looked at their sales results and there was a correlation that demonstrated those who attend the training um, tend to have better results and their rankings on the sales ranking reports are better. And, and it's doing things like that. But when it, when it comes to being authentic and, and helping with the enablement function and knowing that, yes, you know, it is new. It's already, it's always existed just in a different format and a different name. And it wasn't, you know, necessarily enablement, but all organizations understand the importance of training and development for sales. And sales is the part of the organization that's, you know, it's bringing in the revenue is bringing in the money and they say nothing happens until something is sold so you can have the best products best solutions best engineering best technology but if people aren't selling then you know what good is it doing so because we are enabling empowering and helping them to be able to drive more results this is a critical role and it helps to stand more confident knowing like hey you know, we have a seat at this table because of the role that we play without the development, without the learning, without the growing, without, you know, new hires coming on board and having, you know, a plan of action, without the tenured salespeople being able to be developed, without the leaders being able to have the right coaching skills to bring out the best and to reinforce all the training, then it can go in one ear and out the other, or we can kind of, you know, get lax and start doing things our own way. And, one of the other things that's very important today in the sales environment is best sales practices and compliance and doing it the right way. And the enablement function plays a role with that as well and really helping, you know, to stay within, you know, the lanes that need to be stayed in in this environment today to be able to drive results the right way by being empowered through the enablement organization. I love that advice. And I love what you emphasize there around really empowering the sales organization. That is fantastic advice. Jeff, I've loved this conversation. I just have one final question for you. Sure. For enablement practitioners that might just be starting out on their journey, or maybe who are looking to refocus their careers, how can they begin to actually identify and set the right goals to reignite that sense of purpose in their careers? Sure. So, and I, I appreciate the question, especially around igniting that sense of purpose. And, you know, there's a quote that says, I can help enough people um, do what they want. The problem is most people don't know what they want. And I, I use that as an example of understanding the importance of having a goal and having a focus and making a decision on what is it that you want. So when I think of the enablement and those you know, new to enablement, thinking about getting into enablement and the impact and really stirring up, I'll even say the, uh, the fire on the inside, you know, to get excited about, you know, being in this type of a role is remembering the foundation of what it does. When we talk about the word empower, the word empower is around I, I like to view it from the perspective of it's helping people to develop what's already there. It's, it's helping to enhance, to take to another level. You know, there's a, a quote that says, if you already done it, um, that's not potential. Potential is what you have yet to do. Enablement is a function that helps people to maximize their potential, to discover what's still there that has yet to be maximized, that has yet to be fulfilled. And, and understanding that, so when you're thinking about a career like this, understand that this 
is a career that makes a difference. It's a career that makes an impact. So the part to get excited about is looking at the end result of what it's doing. So when you see the revenues and you hear about, you know, company sales and results, know that behind the scenes, somebody helped to enable that, to make that happen. And understanding that the enablement function is a critical role that really drives results for the organization. And just like the sales organization can take credit and say, hey, look at what we did. We within the enablement space can sit back and say, yes, but without us, it would not have happened. And with us, it did happen. So enablement is a great place to be with great opportunities and future prospects. I love that. Jeff, thank you so much for sharing all of this insight with our audience. I certainly learned a ton from you, so I know our audience will too. Thank you again. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Olivia. And to our audience, we definitely recommend picking up a copy of Jeff's book, The Inspired Career. We'll share a link to that for you all. And thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. And if there's something you'd like to share or a topic that you'd like to learn more about, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you.